Welcome, my Death Talking family. Um, today is my next episode that's going to be dropping, and I want to welcome you all to the podcast. This one is, Why is Death Messy? Well, my answer to that is, why is death any different than life? Life is messy too. So it's the fact that we don't balance out the messy with the joyful. And we don't, we do that with life. From the moment a soul is born, we have all the messiness and all the stuff that goes with it that, you know, brings stress and anxiety and all that. But we also celebrate it in, in just truly magical ways. We don't do that here in this country with death. And that's a blanket statement, I understand. But if you broke everything down in a demographic deal, the majority don't find ways to celebrate. All they think about is death is horrible. Death is awful. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? It's going to be painful. Yes, it may be all of those things. There's Death is just as unpredictable as life is. But we never look at the positive side of it. We don't talk about it. We don't bring in the um, good side. And there is a good side to it. Can you imagine if we lived forever? What would be the point of making an impact in the world? What would make the what would be the point of finding all your passions and, and looking into all your mysteries, if you have forever to do it, then procrastination sets in. And again, I reiterate, you can't have life without death and you can't have death without life. So basically this is going to just be the kind of soul of my episode this time because the next ones will follow in a sequence that you will understand. So this is just kind of an introduction to it. Um, when I say life is messy, I, I mean from birth and raising the soul and being an adult and getting all the way down to the death part. And it stays messy. But in each of those stages, we look for, we have moments that we kind of balance out the messinesses of it all. And when you talk about death and when you kind of normalize it and make it to be something that you should be looking at as a balance to find out that it can be as scary and as unknown as you allow your mind to think that. And that's the number one thing that makes life that makes life messy and death messy is the unknown. And death really brings out the unknown. I always tell people being dead is not what people tell me they're afraid of. It's how they're going to get dead. What the circumstances are that's going to lead to their very last breath. And that's the messy part again. We live in a world where there are marvelous medical technologies. And we also live in a world where there are tons more health problems. There are more side effects going on. So again, a balance. It's messy on that aspect, but there are good points 
that balance it out. And so this really kind of makes death feel like a drag to most people. Yeah. When I was a kid, we would always talk about how we wanted to die. Now, children have a vivid imagination and you can only imagine the stories. You know, for instance, I wanted to die in the woods with wolves all around me and they were loving on me and the fairies would come. And so, but it, it brought an element of mystique, but it also brought an element too, that when I heard my mom turn around and say that how I would like to die children is to make sure that I have time with each and every one of you before I die. I would like to be able to sit down and do our favorite thing together. I would like for us to have conversations and for any questions that you may have that you would, would want to ask in case I'm not here when you're ready to get those questions answered. She would say that she didn't want to be in a hospital. She didn't want to have tubes coming out of her everywhere. She didn't want to hear the nurses and the beeping and she didn't want to be woke up in the three o'clock in the morning to take her temperature. My mother had great faith in her body. She believed that it knew basically how to heal itself. We would have to help it occasionally, but if we let it run on its own, it would heal to the best of its ability that allowed for the bioorganic machine to keep going on. She also believed that when the body was done, the body was done and there was no point in prolonging it just to get a couple extra this or a couple extra that. Um, she always felt too that the more unknown that you put in your body, the more um, unknown being not natural, so to speak, then that complicates how the process of death takes place. If you have a whole lot of pharmaceuticals, if you've had tons of foreign stuff placed in your body, stents, stuff like that, then that also plays a big part in how your body breaks down to die. And my mom didn't really want any of that extra stuff for her body to have to struggle through. It was just prolonging. Um, she would also say too that, you know, she didn't want to be buried. She was perfectly okay with cremation. Um, she wanted to be in her garden. Um, she would have loved human composting if it had been allowed at the time she died and where we lived. And so then we would go to my dad and my dad was a totally different creature. His concept of death was, you know, I want to be in the hospital. I want doctors taking care of me. I want them to do everything they can to, you know, so I can stay as long as I, as I possibly can. And so it went down, you know, I have eight brothers and, you know, some sisters. And so it just kind of went down the line. So it was never a taboo subject. It was never a subject that was, you know, oh, this is too sensitive for children. So cover their ears. It was just natural. And we had rituals and ceremonies when, you know, death came through with the animals on the farm or the puppies that didn't make it or the kitty litters and the baby kittens just didn't do well. And so for me, I did see the messy side. My grams and my grandpa, they, you know, they were very, very old school. And, um, 
My grandpa was in a nursing home and it was very, very messy. But at the same time, it was so easy to walk down what he had put on paper to have done. And at some point he knew he was done. And as long as you read what he had wrote, you would know when he was done. We make life, we make death and life a little bit more messier probably than it should be just because we're human beings. And we tend to complicate things a great deal. We, we tend to make things harder than they are. We don't keep things simple. And I'm not saying keeping simple things is easy. I'm saying it's the natural order. And so we, you know, have beautiful brains that process and do all these miraculous things, but it also can create problems where there aren't any problems. Um, the other thing that becomes messy is where you live. We live in a country where different states have all kinds of different rules on, you know, what you can do and how you can die and where you can die and what you can't do. And, you know, we may have to starve you. We may have to dehydrate you. Uh, that may be your only option. You may be locked away in some facility. It's just um, exceedingly messy. And it's not very soul positive releasing too. I can't imagine a soul being so negatively bound by the messiness of death that when death actually does happen, it happens on that sour negative note. And I would like to think that your last breath, your last inclination of the bioorganic machine that's just about ready to turn off would be an exceedingly powerful release of not only joy that you know you've come through or you've gone on but also relief and to me that is what i like to see when i death walk i have done a few where my soul and my heart just broke because i watched these humans, these beautiful, beautiful humans who ran through the messiness of life and made cohesive decisions and made bad decisions. And they were powerful and strong and a disease came and took, and you know, their life became messy again and they never reconciled. They, ne they just lived in that messiness of constant fear and of constant, um unbalance and i've seen i've seen people who die in a way that their last breath from my perspective from the way that i can feel their body and everything when they go it's tense and it's uptight and it just breaks my heart that someone had to die in that state of fight or flight and it shouldn't be that way in my opinion and it doesn't have to be i think if we again started talking about death on a regular basis in everyday conversations it would not only open the door to some balance but perhaps generate some really cool ideas Maybe bring in some old ancestral ceremonies and rituals um, 
maybe even come up with something on a invention type deal or a medical um, category of some sort to deny death as being a valid conversation as a topic that should be in my perspective should just be embodied it should be hugged and embraced because it will happen 10 out of 10 people die the minute you took your first breath you were put in the queue you're going to die and right now as far as humans have progressed there isn't a way that we get away with not dying and again i'll say this one more time i have never had anyone come back to me and say oh my god don't die oh my god tell everyone not to die that has never occurred and that is something that i believe should be looked at and recognized death is messy in other ways as well it's not just about not talking about it it's not just about all the fear and everything that is wrapped up that death is wrapped and embraced in and the negativity it's also a costly deal um i won't go into all that right now maybe somewhere in a future podcast i'll break that all down it will blow your mind away but it's just so costly to die and it's costly to manage people up to the point to die and it has become so natural to be unnatural um everybody has forgotten that the more natural you keep life and the way that you and it just all boils down to what you eat and you know what medicines you choose to take and everything and i'm not saying you should pick one or the other you should do the one that fits your lifestyle but please make sure that you have played that tape through that you are fully aware of let's take around for example i have someone who um goes to the doctor on a regular basis and that particular person, everything about that person is managed through the doctor's office, every single solitary thing. And that's fine for their lifestyle. It suits them very well. Well, they've been doing this for a few decades now. And now that some time has passed and the managing is going and it's, you know, it's now gone into a new category because of the management techniques that were used earlier, there are new problems coming up. There are new obstacles to overcome, which again, starts again with the messiness, right? Because you've been managed this way and all's been going well, but then the proverbial other shoe drops. Again, it's not right or wrong. It's play the tape through. Make sure that whatever road you do, even if you crisscross, um, even if you do a little bit of medicine and even if you do a little holistic side, okay, that fits my lifestyle just fine. In my world, as I was raised, there are so many things that I can do with plant medicine up to a point. And part of that plant medicine is growing up with it, learning to know my body, 
learning to uh, understand how my body works and how it reacts. Just my body, not everybody else's body, because this is uniquely mine. I was uniquely born away. I have a very unique life path that is set out for me. And I will die in my own unique way as be as what I have been here on this earth. Everybody will. And so I understand that the, I have all the wonderful points of living on the holistic side and it being beautiful. And then I have the crossing over where I have gone to the doctor for a sprained ankle or a broken bone that, you know, no plant medicine is going to fix a broken bone. And, but as time has gone on, I do understand that when I went to the doctor and they did all the marvelous things to fix my bone, the downside of that is that I had to take some antibiotics and over the course of my life, I've taken probably, you know, so many, and I don't want to be antibiotic resistant. The other thing is, you know, when you broke a bone, whether it's holistic or not, whether you do holistic or not, it doesn't matter. That bone is now weakened and it will heal to the best of its ability. But again, messiness. So as you get older, maybe that bone hurts a little bit. Maybe it's gacking up. Maybe it didn't heal. A core. There, Like I said, it's messy. So talk about these things. Um, talk to the people who love you. When you say things like, and try not to leave a mess when you die. That's the other thing. When nobody talks about it, when nobody has a plan, boy, it is so messy and ugly and uptight. So don't do that. Don't do that to the people that are left. And don't put yourself in that kind of energy before you go. Um, but I've seen it go both ways. I, I've seen it where someone has had their life and death, especially their death, pinpointed on an outline, on a PowerPoint, whatever you want. They had everything covered. And the outside world still made it still tried to make a mess of things because they wanted to get in there and do it their way. And they had better thoughts. Nobody has better thoughts, but the person who's dying on how they want to die. Nobody. And then I've seen the family do the same thing. You know, they just like, Oh, we feel like they're giving up. And why are you giving up? And there's this trial and there's this medicine. Again, when your death comes, you are more than welcome to play that tape for yourself. This person over here, the dying, they have a tape of their own. They have a movie or a video, whatever, that they want played out. And this is very important. This is like the legacy of a life. You know, we talk about, oh, he's gonna leave millions of dollars legacy. Okay. And his death. Was it a legacy for them? When they died, were they in their most happiest place, their most solemn, serene, peaceful place that they could possibly ever be? And not something that you would think that they would be, but you could actually see and feel that that was what was happening. I can. And I've seen it both, I've seen both sides. And I can tell you, 
the side where it has been amply talked about. You have discussed the messes that were going to come up. You have discussed the messes that may come up. You have discussed who is going to be the mess maker because someone has to make some messes. And once you put all this out into real time verbiage, it becomes very clear to the people who are closest to you that this is what you want. This is how you want to go out on your own terms in your own dignified way. That says it to me in a nutshell. I lived this whole time here and it's my choice. I made it up until this point. I'm going to follow through. I'm going to finish the tape. I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it. And if it's not comfortable for you, if it's messy for you, then that's a mess you need to clean. You need to work on. So this was just an introduction to kind of get you to think of how we think of life as being messy, but we have found a balance and found ways and techniques to even it out. And so I would ask you to do the same thing with death. What's the worst possible thing that could happen to you on your way out here? What's the best possible way naturally that could happen? Now, what's the best way you would like it to go? What's the best way that you would like the medicine community to go, your family to go? This you do have control of. You can speak these words when it happens. And so I guess what I want to just really say and leave you with at this particular juncture is talk about dying. Talk about what it's going to be like. Um, make a vision board if that's your big whoop whoop. But anyways, that's about all I got to say for the introduction. And it'll come, you know, I'll do a couple others. So thank you so much for joining in and be blessed. So much love and I'll catch you on the flip side.